online at wolfproofing.net. Caitlin Clark and the fourth-ranked Iowa women's basketball team is back in action tonight visiting Rutgers. The 14-1 Hawkeyes have won 11 in a row. Tomorrow, the Iowa State men open their Big 12 schedule. The Cyclones visit 11th-ranked Oklahoma, seeking a seventh straight win. Rafael Nadal lost in the quarterfinals of the Brisbane Invitational today, his first tournament since taking time off due to an injury he suffered in last year's Australian Open. I'm Doug Thompson. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studio, with amazing slow-smoked wings and world Famous baby back ribs. This is Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Miller and Condon, welcome back. Hour number two. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller. Uh, take you until 1 o'clock. Bottom of the hour, a little bit before that, we'll get Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com in here, part of On3 Media. Get the latest on the Hawks with Tom. Our picks, Circus Sports, sponsor those as we come down the stretch in our season-long, football-long contest with uh, Trent and myself as we take you until 1. But we're starting the hour with our friend Chris Williams, Cyclone Fanatic and Iowa Everywhere. He joins us on Iowa State. Recap football, look ahead to basketball, and away we go. Happy New Year, Chris Williams. How are are you good fellas how are we doing today good good appreciate you uh coming on as uh as always chris let's go back football before we uh get into basketball you were in uh you were in memphis it seemed like the number of cyclone fans down a little bit from uh what was it 2016 17 whatever it was uh that uh, that period of time when it had been a while since they'd you know been able to travel to a bowl game and they did in mass but uh just your thoughts on what you saw obviously the 19 to nothing hold that they dug themselves or er- uh early uh was impossible to get out of yeah i mean definitely down on the crowd but it was still a good crowd like i actually probably more people there than i thought there would be so they they showed out pretty well i just as far as the game goes you know hindsight i wish i would have thought about what they were walking into a little bit more that you know it was very evident at kickoff that one team had more energy than the other and I don't know who, you know, that probably is a mix of, I think that Memphis really put a huge emphasis on the game being that, you know, they're trying to get into a power conference, specifically the Big 12. It was like a home game for them, all that stuff. And then I think Iowa State, too, probably spent a lot of time trying to keep its players and working in the portal. And it's just, talking with somebody earlier today about this very topic it's just it's impossible uh to i think if if you're being honest put as much emphasis on these games when you're trying to do all that stuff you know there's the signing period now every team deals with this in the country except the four that are playing in the college football playoff that where there's a clear focus but i i thought that memphis had a lot more energy and probably wanted to be there a little bit more and yeah, I mean, Iowa State snapped out of it, but and and they they're fine. Uh, they couldn't run the ball, but you know, I think if they a little less stubborn offensively earlier, it's a different deal. I mean, if you if you if you punch it in for touchdowns instead of field goals in the second quarter, that game looks completely different. I think, but I, I still like. I just give Memphis a ton of credit. I thought Iowa State maybe be able to get pressure with three 
on the defensive end, and they they simply couldn't. And you know, without TJ Tampa back there and without Malik Bredon, Iowa State secondary and linebackers really were were burned early and often in that game. So I, I, just, I just don't know. Like, play that game ten times, I don't know if Iowa State's going to be able to stop them much defensively. But I think if they played again, you know, man, just unleash Rocco Beck and Jaden Higgins and just let them frickin' go because every time they did that, something good happened. So I don't look at it. It doesn't change my opinion at all about next year's team. But no doubt when you, when you lay an egg like that at this point. Speaking of next year's team, you got – a new conference, a 16-team look. You got Utah coming in, Arizona. Obviously, what they accomplished this season and a huge turnaround for a program that had been so morbid for so long. You throw them in there, K-State, Okie State. Out of that next tier, though, maybe after those Dion. top four. Uh, I'm not ready to go there yet with Colorado. After those top four, do you think Iowa State maybe figures in number five, six, something like that, kind of in the preseason look with all that young talent? Yeah, I do. I, re- I really do, I, I think. You know, you can kind of look at this Big 12 season, too, just a similar league, even though they, they played Oklahoma and, and Texas. They they didn't win those games, but they were competitive. You know, Oklahoma maybe not so much. Um, I, I just think, you know, just look at their offense with with Rocco, Higgins, Bramer, and Noel, just those guys alone with Abu Sama. I mean, skill wise, I I gotta figure their offense is top four, just skill wise, mm-hmm. in that league. And listen, the offensive line was was awful in that Memphis game, but you still can't take away where they started this year and where they ended mm-hmm. up. And 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 all those guys are coming back. So I, you know, I think a lot of fans watch the Memphis game and they go, God, we gotta hit the portal, gotta get more guys up front. And boy, that'd be nice. But I think the more realistic option is like, hey, do you believe in this Ryan Clinton? And if you do, keep developing. And if that's the case, you know, I could be wrong. But if that happens, then that line should be very respectable in that league next year with all of the veterans coming back on it. And I I think that alone has got to put Iowa State in that second tier. And then it's with the defense, right? Like you just – I trust John Haycock. Um, I, I I think that they've got a real predicament right now because they don't have this sure thing pass rusher that they had had with Jaquan Bailey and then with Will McDonald. And I think it really hurt that defense this year. But I also think Haycock isn't – he's not – the man doesn't seem to be stubborn to me. Like, he'll, he switches things up all the time. And I guess I wouldn't be surprised to see him tweak a few things defensively next year to be respectable. I don't think it's going to be one of those elite Iowa State defenses that we've seen in the past. But I also think that the the reality is that their schedule, and I've said it a million times, I feel like Iowa State is for the first time since I've covered them kind of punching at their own weight. Now, they're going to have deficiencies. They're not always going to be in the top four in that league. This is not a football factory, but I think they got a really good shot to be in the top five, six regularly, you know, as long as Campbell and and his staff are around because you just look around and it's like, you know, first string talent wise at those skill positions, Iowa State is the top probably three 
Now it's can you get better defensively uh, up front and can you continue to develop your offensive line? But everything else is there for them to be a real contender. And they need a kicker, and when they've got a kicker, whether it be Mevis and this year certainly in uh, Chase Contreras, um, we we saw what he bring what he brought to that team. He was way better, I think, than anybody anticipated when he left uh, Nebraska after not playing and being passed over the year before. Got a little scoop for you. Yes. Uh, this is on my premium board. I'm, I, I won't say well, that's where we were going next. So I'm glad you're going to get there for us. They do have another kicker that I believe it's not official yet, but a very similar walk-on type kicker in the same ways that they were able to get Mevis and Contreras, the exact same type of um, pedigree and background. And I believe the plan is for him to enroll and be in campus on campus the 16th when it starts. It's not quite official yet, but they will have another guy like that. I'm very confident. One or two-year guy, Chris. Real quick, sorry, Trent. Uh, he he'll be a two or possibly three-year, depending. Oh, on, good. Uh, if he can get a red shirt, but he he he's played FBS football and he's done kickoffs and, and extra points. He's a lot like Contreras, where he just never had. You know, he was always behind another guy. So again, I don't want to say his name because it's not. It really isn't official yet. Uh, but it, it's out there, and I, I think that they'll have that announcement probably in the next seven days or so. Well, that is a huge, huge one. I mean, we just know the kicking position and the way that Iowa oh, State yeah. plays. Yeah, a, a lot of close games and incredibly important. If you're going to win those tight games, it's having somebody that is dependable back there. They're looking at wide receiver. One position that I haven't seen a ton about is the running back spot. You're excited about Abu Sama, Carson Hansen they really like. We didn't get to see much of Harris this year. And just one incoming running back, is is that a potential? They're maybe just looking at a depth piece at running back in the portal? Yep. Uh, there was a young man, uh, shoot, Eastern Michigan. He's five foot six. Oof. Played a lot for Eastern Michigan this year. If you look up his stat, I, his name escapes me. Um, but he has been on campus, and I think that they've got a really good shot there. We'll see, but yeah, I think that they're going to want to bring in another piece for sure, especially at that spot where guys get injured yeah. so much. I still think Hanson's really good. I I, I just love the. I one. do too. You, you saw it, in the, you know, when he had that quick pass against Memphis. I was like, where the hell has that been? Like, come on, like we need to see more of that. This guy, he just he screams elusive to me, and I I, I think he's got a shot to be just as good as. Abu Sama um, eventually, but I, he just didn't have the opportunities this year, and he was just a little bit behind. But I, there was a reason why, you know, they made him a priority to keep this offseason because he's 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 really good. He's so athletic. I mean, you can put him out there at wide receiver, kick return. You can do anything you want with that kid. I'm really bullish on him. And if they can get this kid from Eastern Michigan and then, I don't know, the Harris, the kid from Stanford, Sort of feels like a bust to me at this point. Yeah. But that that's probably not fair. We just he hasn't had enough of an opportunity. I heard he really good, you know, gets in the weight room, does all the stuff he's supposed to. So he could certainly still develop. Uh, but the fact that we didn't see him more tells me that it's probably not a great thing. 
Chris, I don't know if you can share this information. We want to get the basketball with you, but back, back to something you said very early in our conversation prior to the Memphis game. They, you know, the coaching staff in the month of December really had to work to keep some of their guys. And I'm honestly surprised that they were able to keep seemingly everybody that they wanted to because there's some young talents on this roster that I know darn well uh, had opportunities. Maybe even the quarterback in Rocco Beck, there was a number out there. I've heard that, uh, that, that yeah. he was a sought-after player. But, Chris, do you think that um, – was, was was there one name that – like maybe a Brommer would – I mean – Tight ends in the SEC with three years potentially of eligibility left. Uh, was there one player that seemingly was more sought after on that roster that you can share that info with? Rocco definitely was. I know that for a fact. Rocco had, from what I've gathered, multiple seven-figure offers. I heard the same thing, not multiple. I did hear it with one, and it was seven figures, yes. Yeah, so I, I know his was there. Uh, one guy that was highly sought after was Dominic Orange uh, up front on the defensive end. You know, he's a guy who it's the Ray Lima type where he's never going to put up a ton of stats, but he's when you play the dime stack, you've just got to have that guy to take on multiple blockers, and he did his job brilliantly. It's just they got to get better on the outside to find a way to get pressure. Uh, but he was a guy, I think, from what I understand, Bramer and his family were very, um, very hell bent on staying at Iowa State. They're very loyal. Uh, I don't think NIL is a big deal to them. But yeah, I mean, uh, even guys in the back end of that secondary, Jeremiah Cooper could have gone anywhere in the country. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's an NFL guy. Like, in, in, and I would argue that Malik Burdon has a shot. Both those guys have to prove that they can stay healthy, for one. But yeah, they. You know, I, I think there's 15 guys on that roster that could have gotten a lot of money to go elsewhere. So they, it, it's brutal. Like, it, it's it, it's brutal. I can't wait for this whole era to be done where there's just this, you know, I get it, and I, I want the players to make money too. I just, the whole just absolutely nothing being regulated and not having, you know, like NFL free agency is different. They have a they have a players association. They have contract. It's not just the frickin' wild west all the time. That's what I hate about it. And uh, but to to their credit, uh, to Campbell's and the players, I mean, it, I think there were some moments where it's like, okay, we got to do a little bit better for somebody. But I also think that it was pretty. I never was given like the idea that anybody was ever panicking. I, I felt like their first fifteen twenty guys on the depth chart were very solid the whole time and very communicative and yeah it didn't it, it never felt like a red alert up there as far as the offseason goes off to some basketball as Oklahoma is next up on the schedule open up big 12 play against the Sooners and Chris we've been having this conversation for weeks these teams that they've been playing recently just are so bad I have no feel for this Iowa State basketball team I I, I think they're good I really do. But then I, my memories go back to the end of November in Orlando, and that was not a good team at that time. Where are you as we get ready for conference play? I'm I'm right with you, brother. I don't I don't really know. Uh, I <laughs> I think they're better than they were in Orlando. Um, I I don't know that though. I mean, and really, the win over Iowa doesn't do a lot for me. I mean, that I just can't see Robert Jones going six of six against 
you know, Big 12 post players. I mean, if you look at how Iowa's bigs have performed before and since that, I just don't think it's a great test. So, yeah, I, I listen, like, they they could be a really good team and be 9-9 nine and nine in the Big 12, too. Is that, That's another reality. Like, if you look at their schedule, at the beginning of the season, you thought they had one of the easiest Big 12 schedules. According to ESPN's BPI, Iowa State has the toughest schedule in America remaining in wow. all of college basketball. And two, there's two reasons. It's Oklahoma and BYU. It's two of the teams they get twice. Oklahoma's in the top 15. BYU's like number three in the net. Okay, so like this thing's going to get brutal. And I really think that I really trust Lipsy. Uh, I actually really trust Jones and, and Ward. Or, yeah, Hassan Ward. I think he's getting him back is just massive. I don't think most fans probably can quite gather it. Um, I, I trust Mom Chilovich. I think that we know what we're getting from him. The guy I'm still kind of just waiting to see is, is Keyshawn Gilbert. He's been he's been brilliant in these low major type games. He was brilliant against Iowa, and I, but we saw him in those other games where there was length and real defense, and he over dribbles and he turns the basketball over. He, to me, like. If Iowa State's going to go 11 and 7 in the Big 12 or 7 and 11, I put a lot on him in that spot specifically. Uh, I don't think Ballou will be a factor at all. I think he's at the end of the bench for one reason or another. Um, you know, so it's a uh, it's just a grind. But yeah, like if I, I I don't know. I I would put him anywhere between 7 and 11 and 11 and 7 in that league and. That is a uh, that's a huge difference as far as seeding goes. But man, it, there is a scenario where you could go, you know, eight and ten, and but you win the right games and still make the NCAA tournament because you play in the Big Twelve. I, I will say, from the beginning of the year, um, and this is so not fair because I, I I thought they were like a three to a five seed when the season started. And I just don't know if I can say that now. Cause again, like you said, we just haven't seen enough. I think it's very possible, but I mean, I'm going into this game on Saturday, just like you guys. I don't know. I think they're pretty good. I think they're well coached. I love the fact that they have some posts, right? They have actual warm bodies down there and they've got some shooters. Now I think Pavletsky has been a huge addition, mm-hmm. but to see these guys against real Big 12 defense, nine in and nine out, it's going to be a huge change compared to what they're used to. Good stuff, Chris. Uh, last thing for you, who wins Monday night? Oh, Michigan. Michigan wins. Yeah, I, I think they're the best team in the country, and um, I hope they do too because I think that I think Harbaugh is just entertaining as hell. So, <laughs> the more. Yeah. The more Harbaugh press conferences we can get, and I really hope he doesn't go to the NFL because he's, he's fun to cover, and I just I like having him around. Even the people who hate him, you can't deny the man's interesting. So I, no. I hope Michigan wins. I think that they'll win. I'm with you. Big 12 media days football-wise in Las Vegas next year. I'm guessing you saw that little yeah. announcement. Are you coming? <laughs> you think? Are you going <laughs> to? Bill and Condon going to be live from Big Bowl. Yeah, that, that is absolutely. Yeah, we got that one on the books already. Yeah, good stuff. Chris, uh, thanks for doing this. Happy New Year, Cyclone Fanatic, and Iowa everywhere for Chris and company. Thank you, Chris Williams. Thanks, guys. See you. Yep, yep. Good to talk to you. All right, from the clones to the uh, Hawks, Tom Caker joins Trent and I next. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 107. 
Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.3. On your side. Wondering if your roof is showing signs of damage or aging? Call the trusted team at Wolf Roofing, like I did, to have them assess your roof. They're a local company with 30 years of experience. After a thorough inspection, they'll provide you with an honest, free estimate, help you choose the best product for your home and budget, then get your project done in one day. Wolf Roofing knows your home is one of your greatest investments. Let them take care of it for you. Call 515 225 8866 for a free estimate or go online. You listen to podcasts. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have RushOnBusiness.com slash free. The Neighborhood Tavern at 1350th Street in West Des Moines is under new ownership. And it's now Bevy's Tavern. It's a great place to unwind after a long day, catch up with friends, catch a ball game over delicious drinks and tasty bites. Come eat, come sip, and come socialize. Bevy's Tavern with new ownership. At 1350th Street, just off 235. Hillary Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Thanks to Chris Williams from Cyclone Fanatic. Uh, for that last segment, we go from the Cyclones to the Hawkeyes. Music means it's time to talk to our friends. We do well 50, 51 weeks out of the year with our old buddy Tom Kakert back with us. Uh, a, a conflict with the players uh, meeting the media last week prevented Tom from winning in the final Friday of 2023. But we start with our buddy Tom Kakert from HawkeyeReport.com, part of On3 Media. Tom Trenton, Ken, Happy New Year. I guess first question is um, your favorite memory of the Ty Thompson era would be what? <laughs> of what? Of the, the Citrus Bowl? No, the Ty Thompson era. Oh, the Ty Thompson era. Okay. Um, that it never happened. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess I, it's just, um, that's, that's how this stuff goes these days, guys. It's just one minute something's happening and then the next minute it is not and it's something completely different and, uh, we hardly knew ye. You know, the <laughs> thing I don't get, the thing I don't get is, you know, he, he is apparently hung up on 
the idea that Iowa doesn't have an offensive coordinator. Well, you knew that when you started talking to Iowa, that they probably wouldn't have an offensive coordinator. So at this point, so I am just, it just seems like he got a, maybe got some sweetener from, you know, Tulane and there you go. And probably, they probably told him he's going to be starting quarterback and that's probably what he wants too. You know, Mm -hmm. that's, and that's, that's the way the world works in college athletics today, gentlemen. Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, speaking of that, Tom, you've been in the recruiting world and online for decades now. How different is it today with NIL, with the portal? I mean, your job for a number of years, it was kind of, you could kind of rubber stamp everything, right? You know, yeah, you're talking to different kids, but it was the same thing for the most part. Just how different is it day-to-day for you now? Oh, it's it's completely different because, gosh, I remember back in the day, you know, trying to get, kids on not even on cell phones you know (laughs) when i started people didn't really have most people didn't have cell phones so you're trying to get them on their landline or you're trying to get a coach and you know and trying to get some sort of update on on kids coming back from visit tech i remember back in the day when our nebraska site would go out to the lincoln airport and get interviews with kids at the airport because that was the best way to to get them and now it's you know dms and mm-hmm. and watching for instagram reactions and everything else and and uh it's just it's a completely different world how and 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 in so many ways now you know we used to go out and get the stories now the kids create their own content mm-hmm. you know their own graphics of hey here's my top five you know with guys like Hayes Fawcett and Joe Tipton with us and that's how it all operates these days. The kids are controlling their recruitments and their narratives out there about their recruitments. Hmm. I see Tagliavoa, Maryland Tagliavoa has just yeah, entered the uh, transfer portal, so so he's in. So, Tom, with the fact that we know that there was interest, I mean, Iowa wanted to host Ty Thompson. Yeah. Does that yep. tell you that there is interest in finding another quarterback? Obviously, one would be led to yeah. that uh, uh, led to that conclusion. Yeah, and I read, I wrote something the other day that um, they probably needed to do this eventually because I, I was going to give them till after spring ball because there's still going to be some quarterbacks out there. There'll be some quarterbacks that that bounce into the portal after spring ball because they're the reality will set in that they're not going to be in the the top two or top one or you know they're just gonna, they're getting shuffled down. Uh, so guys will look for different opportunities, but. Um, I thought maybe they should make Nico the number one quarterback for the spring because we know what Deacon can do. We've we've seen the nine game sample, so let's let's let Nico um, or Marco, I'm sorry, Marco uh, deal and, and do his thing, and uh, and then once once Marco, um, you know, we see what he can do, then make a judgment: is he going to be capable to be the backup? Because I don't think he can go into next season with Deacon Hill as your primary backup to a quarterback that has missed most of the last two seasons due to injury. Tom, I listened to your podcast this morning and reading your message board a little bit as well, alluding to the fact that the offensive coordinator position might be wrapped up sooner rather than later. Kind of what are the rumblings? What are you hearing? And Kirk close to making a decision for his OC. Yeah, I just, just based on Kirk's timeline and, and everything, it just seems like he's, he's getting there where he's, he's going to, it's sooner rather than later. And, you know, he told us a few weeks back, 
uh, second, third week. Well, that second week is a couple days away. So yep. we're getting there, and I think it's probably close. Uh, my guess is it's probably Paul Christ is, you know, for betting odds, Paul Christ mm-hmm. is probably, a, you know, minus uh, low, you know, two, minus 200 maybe. Um, you know, I think probably a pretty solid favorite to, to be the guy. So, um, but that doesn't prelude that preclude that he could do something different. Um, you know, I guess Joe Philbin's still in the mix, the mystery guy who's been <laughs> bandied about as so many different guys in the last uh, 48 hours. They, you know, somebody had him out in Colorado talking to somebody and, as far as I know, uh, from what I was told, Kirk's been in Iowa City, so I don't think he's even left Iowa City. So maybe the, Kirk's got a doppelganger out in Denver or something. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something if he had a doppelganger? It'd be great. Yeah, it would be. And if somebody follows him, that'd be uh, And you could just we'll like, see what I would leave. Have him, like, have him like showing up at different places, the Kirk Ferentz doppelganger. Yeah. Uh, lunching with Sean Payton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, Tom, we're, we're starting to hear some of the decisions uh, of the, amongst the players who had decisions to make, whether or not to return next year. Jackson, yep. Fisher, Castro, and Schulte are the uh, four remaining. Um, I, I guess of the, the those four, who's most likely to stay? Who's most likely to leave? I think um, Fisher's going to come back. Um, no certain of that. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about Castro coming back. I think you, you saw the last 24 hours. There's been a little campaign on online mm-hmm. from some of his teammates to uh, run it back 29. So I, I think they're they're putting a squeeze on him, and I think he's probably close to making a decision. Um, Schulte is way up in the air. I'm not really sure. That's a pure coin flip. I think Nick Jackson might be ready to just move on. And, and um, you know, I, I look at him like, you know, he's played four really full years of college football, over 100 tackles in, in four straight seasons. And, you know, the, here's the interesting thing. If he comes back, he's 116, 115, something like that, tackles away from uh, setting the um, all-time record for tackles in Division One football. So, um, and that's feasible. You know, yes. he's gotten over a hundred the last four seasons, so it, it's 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 potentially there for him to do if he wanted to come back. But I'm, I just I just got the feeling down in Orlando that he was kind of like I'm ready to chase the pro thing, and if that doesn't work, then I'm I'm okay with it. And that's just kind of there, there's only so much tread on the tire, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think his tread, he knows his treads, kind of wearing down a little bit. Makes a whole lot of sense. Tom Kaker, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, uh, basketball, a, yeah. you don't want to say must win. Must win. It's, must win. It's a must it win. Is. This is a bad Rutgers team. You lose this. Look, I don't think there is hope for them even to get hey, back on the That was a bad Michigan team. That's yeah. a bad Michigan team that they lost to by 10 points yep. in Carver Hawkeye. So, I mean, it's simple as that. You lose this one, season over. I mean, put away the balls, get ready for next year. Yeah, you're playing for the next year. I just unless they go on some just miracle run where they just catch fire and and you know unexpected. Uh, but they've really got to win the. To me, they've got to win the next three. Yeah, the the Nebraska game next week, um, and up at the at the uh, Williams Arena for the Gulf on MLK Day. I mean, mm-hmm. they've got to win those games because 
those are winnable games. Those are not world beaters. I know. Um, I know Nebraska took uh, Indiana to the house, right? Mm-hmm. But hey, Indiana's just not good. I don't think the Big Ten's any good, yeah. honestly, guys. And I think Trent will agree with me that the Big Ten is just uh, other than Purdue, Purdue and everybody. And then everybody else is just yep. kind of average, including Illinois now without Terrence Shannon. They're just going to uh, that's a, that'll be a game tonight. But I, I just without Terrence Shannon, Illinois is kind of an average team. You know, they'll be an NCAA team, but they're not great. Michigan State, eh? You know, I'm not sold on them. So, yeah, very. And eh, Wisconsin, not sold on them. I, it's just not a good league this year at all. No, I'm I'm with you. Although I got to admit, I was impressed by the Nebraska win the other yeah. night. But but we'll we'll see. Uh, Tom, who on Iowa's roster has to has to take it to another level for this team to you know for us to be even having the conversation of uh, of NCAA tournament? Is it, you can only name one whose game has to elevate? Oh, boy, you know, and Tony uh, Tony's been playing better. Yep, um, I was really impressed with him, especially in the second half. I think when he got that got shoved by uh, a kid in the first half. I think he was, that just kind of lit his fire a little bit. He was pissed, and he went after that second half. But, um, boy, I I think Ben Cricky has to play, has to score like 20 a game. They've just got to have a guy that can just, they need a bucket getter, a guy who can get them a bucket when they need it. And they just, they don't consistently have that right now. And, um, and that's been their, their biggest thing when they get, into a rut and they need a bucket who's that guy well i think it's probably got to be ben um you know peyton wants to be that guy but peyton's up and down you know he's he was really good the first half the other night and then second half missed a lot of shots so um they've got to they got to get it going and uh time is now and hopefully they get it going because otherwise it's going to get uh i think the iowa basketball fandom is going to get cranky yeah, I think they already there. Uh, yes. Tom, I maintain point guard is not fixed. Uh, they've gone through yep. three different ones now. Yep. Brock Harding, he's a Quad City guy. I know it's one of your dudes over there in the Quad Cities, but isn't it time to just hand the keys to either DeSante or Brock Harding, one of the two? Yep. Give them a full game. Give them 28 minutes. You're a point guard here. You're going to be the guy. You'll get a breather. You'll, you'll come out, but... It just feels like at this point, this in, deep into the season, the team as they're currently constructed is not going to get back into the NCAA yeah. tournament. Maybe it'll take another loss to get there, but they got to figure out point guard. You got a sophomore and a freshman to figure out. Yeah, I agree. Um, and either one of those guys is fine, but Tony is just better off the ball when you're bringing him off those corrupt cuts into mm-hmm. the lane, and that's where he operates best. That's where he can he can do the most damage, and he is just not a natural point guard. And I think you need somebody who can just kind of push tempo and and, and uh, create a little bit and get to the rim a little bit and, and find teammates on the on the perimeter. And that's just not Tony's game. It's not who he is. He's a he's a driver slasher, bucket getter. And um, so I I agree, but I'm just not sure. I mean, who do you sit then? Do you sit Patrick? Have him come off the bench? Yes. I don't know. I I don't think that would get past the head coach. <laughs> you know, or or yeah, right. Fair point. Yeah, or, or at home. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. Exactly. Uh Tom, uh, have you seen uh, Darren Ravel does this a lot when, you know, for you'll see a brand that gets some exposure and he'll that brand exposure is worth X to company, whatever it is, right? Yeah. ABC. Yeah. Does it has anybody ever done that? 
uh, kind of exercise with what Caitlin Clark is doing for Iowa uh, as far yeah, as her question. exposure? I mean, wouldn't you love to know? I mean, just early in this week, from she dominated Sports Hour for the better part of eight hours, right? And yeah. then she's on it yeah. again yesterday. What what is what has she brought to the Iowa? What has she well, meant financially to Iowa? I'd love to know that. It is, it has got to be. You know, it's like she. I mean, she is the. And I, I, I call her box office because she's just. You know, I, I know a friend of mine calls her Showtime, and it's just um, her brand is. She is. I would argue she's the most popular, famous, whatever you want to call it, female athlete in the country. I agree with you right wholeheartedly. Now. Yes, you're and 100% a right. A pro or college. Pro right. or college. Yes. I mean, she's just um, – and it's, the, the other thing that's interesting to me is that there's seemingly, as there always is, some sort of backlash. I mean, the backhanded Dawn Staley thing the other day, mm-hmm. yep. um, you know, it just there's there's a bit of a backlash within the – the college basket women's college basketball community towards her. You know, she's just a volume shooter. She's you know, well, she gets to do what she wants. Nobody mentions all the turnovers. You know, all these other they're picking apart what she does. And I'm like, the the bottom line is bottom line, and the bottom line is the W. And she's winning games, and she won that game on her own. Yeah, night. I mean, it's just. But then, I mean, you guys probably talked about it. Everybody knew that shot was going in. Sure. Yep. Fingers. <laughs> yeah. Of course it is, because yeah. that's what she does. And it's just, I mean, fans just enjoy it and just, yeah. just cherish this. It's just, it's a, she's one of one, and we're watching something that we're never going to see again. Yep. And my my favorite criticism of, well, nobody outside of Iowa cares about her. Oh, really? She sells out every building on the road. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. unbelievable. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com yeah. on 3 Media. Tom, we're out of time. Anything you'd like to promote yeah. before we let you go? No, all good. All good. Thanks, guys. Um, sorry I missed last week. Yeah, but, no problem. Uh, duty called. Uh, it was just uh, I, I, I get confused with that time change now. <laughs> you know, it's just a different time. Anyway. Gotcha. Happy New Year, Tom. Thanks for jumping on. <laughs> okay. We'll talk to you next Thanks, week. Guys. Yep, see you, buddy. Bye-bye. Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com, part of On3 Media. We'll take our final time out, come back, our plays of the week. They are coming up next. Miller & Condon, Circus Sports Sponsor, the Miss Des Moines Sports Station, 106 points only. Last summer, my house was hit with between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance. It can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp. Everything was cleaned up. And now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Six six, or you can go online at Wolf Roofer. Sounded so good. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book, right at your fingertips. Circus Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circus Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircusSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Football Friday picks from Miller and Condon on KXNO. Brought to you by Circus Sports. Sports betting the way it should be with Circus Sports Iowa. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO as we take you up 
Uh, this is our final segment until just before one. We have Murph and Andy from one until three, and then the drive with Heather and Sean. Well, down the stretch we come in our season-long contest. I think I'm still clinging to the lead. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Need, but you're in my rear view mirror, <laughs> closing the gap quickly. How many am I in front? You have a lead. It is five in the loss column, but six games overall. I have two pushes on the season. I am 51-37 and two against the spread. That's 58% on the year. That's good. Not as good as Ken Miller, though. 58-32, and 32, a 64.4% win percentage for you. So overall, it is a six-game lead, and this is our last full boat. This is the last one yeah. that we'll have. A full one here with two college, two pro, and our best bet. Games are dwindling as I try to nip at your heels and take home the trophy for another season. Where would my 64% put me in the Circa contest, Circa Millions? Any idea? You would probably be somewhere in about the 250 to 300 range, something so like that. still not in the money. <laughs> no, isn't that crazy? It's so difficult. Both of these contests, so difficult, yes. so challenging, but so much fun. All right, Trent, well, you won the week again last week. I believe you were 4-1 four and, one, and four I and was 3-2, and two, so it's your T-Box, let's hear your five-pack. All right, we kick things off with the national championship games. Yes, both of them, and we open it up with the FCS title game. Dumb time slot, 1 o'clock on NFL ridiculous. Sunday. Asinine. Just absolutely ridiculous. But I might find my way around, certainly if it's compelling. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be compelling. Give me the Jackrabbits. They cruise to another championship, minus 13 with South Dakota State. Pick number two, Monday night. We'll talk more about the game, preview it on Monday I go back to the great offensive line of Washington. I think they're going to be able to, at minimum, slow down that great pass rush of the Michigan Wolverines. And where's the explosive plays from Michigan? That's what you got to do against Washington. I don't know if they have it here. Give me the points all day. Washington plus the four in the hook. To the NFL we go. Ken, you know I've been on this one all week long. Give me my Bears. They have been an annuity. 7-0-1 ATS over the last two months. I'll take the Bears once again, plus the three against the Packers. Give me the Titans getting four. Jacksonville almost seems broken. I could see the Titans winning this game outright. It doesn't mean a lick to them. means a ton to Jacksonville. Banged up, hurt Jacksonville team. My best bet of the week, anytime you get more than a field goal in Pittsburgh, Baltimore, you do it. I don't care what the situation is. I've done it for years, and this has been a profitable endeavor. My best bet, the Ravens, plus three and a half. All right, Trent Condon and our two college picks were on the same side, and one of them, that is the uh, FBS, uh, the FCS, rather, with uh, South Dakota State. I'm going to take them. I'm with you. I think they're the best uh, team by a mile. 
It's uh, just under two touchdowns, but I feel confident laying that. I don't know how uh, Washington's going to slow down Blake Corum. I think they're going to run a ton of clock. I think Michigan is going to jump out to the lead, just keep feeding Corum the ball time after time after time. McCarthy can do enough. Like, I hope I'm wrong. I've got a 33-1 to 1 futures ticket on the Huskies. I'd love to cash that bad boy. I don't think I will. So Michigan minus four, South Dakota State minus 13. Trent, but we're not done with favorites. Here's another three-pack of them coming your way. Oh, no. Sunday night football, the Bills and the Fish. The Fish are so banged up. Miami, quarterbacks banged up, receivers, O-line, all banged up. Buffalo's playing good football. Give me the Bills laying two and a half. I think Philadelphia has to win this game over the Giants. For Not because they're not going to be in the playoffs. They are. But this team is going the wrong way. You'll want to have a positive feeling going into the postseason. For that reason, I'm going to take the Eagles and lay, lay five and a half. And my best bet of the week, and Mike Palm stole a little bit of my thunder. I think that these Raiders are playing for Antonio Pierce in a big, big way. I will take Aiden O'Connell over Jared Stidham and the Denver Broncos. Vegas minus two and a half is my best bet of the week. And there you go. That'll do it. Thank you to Circus Sports for that. So what do you got planned this weekend? A lot of sports on the TV. We got a couple of open gyms, get the kid out of the house a little bit, but a lot of viewing. I'm excited. It should be a fun weekend. Absolutely. That's going to do it for us. Murph and Andy are next to Drive with Heather and Sean, 3 to 6. We're Miller and Condon. We're here every Monday through Friday from 11 to 1. We appreciate you being with us on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.